Welcome to Education Beat. I'm Ann Vasquez, CEO of EdSource. Have you ever thought about launching into space? One science teacher in West Contra Costa Unified has done more than just think about it. He's preparing to become an astronaut. I'm like an open book with the students I work with. Just say, hey, look, I'm still chasing my dreams and I'm actually getting closer to it. So chase your dreams. How does a budding astronaut engage his students and involve them in his journey? And how does that help them get into science? Here is this week's Education Beat with host Zadie Stavely. Ever since he was a kid, Olaoluwalo Toby Thomas has wanted to go to space. When I look up at the night sky, it amazes me that these things are out there. And the idea that when you get into space, just that unknown and the chance to experience weightlessness and look at the earth and just all of those things. And I'm not going to even lie. As a little kid, I used to watch Star Trek all the time. So, you know, little science fiction really got it going as well. But then life got in the way. I would say it was one of those dreams where I had it when I was younger. And then life, I kind of started moving away from it very slowly like a turtle. And before I knew it, I didn't have it anymore. Then one day, working as a teacher in North Richmond, Olaoluwalo Toby, who also goes by Toby, noticed that a student was having trouble. Other classmates were making fun of them. And he wanted to find a book to inspire the student. I've always liked Dr. Mae Jameson. She's uh, one of the first female African-American astronauts to go to space. And I said, let me get a book from her and to share it with the student to try to inspire them. Before giving it to the student, Toby thought first he should read the book himself, just to make sure what was in it. So I, I read it, and then I got reignited with my passion to go to space. This is Education Beat, getting to the heart of California schools. I'm Zadie Stavely. This week, when your teacher is an aspiring astronaut. Ever since Toby Thomas's passion to go to space was sparked again, he's been focused on that goal, chipping away at the training required to become an astronaut. He's also a middle school science teacher at Vista Virtual Academy, a completely online school in West Contra Costa Unified. And in his class, he talks about space a lot. It doesn't even matter what we're talking about. Somehow it finds its way to be back about space. <laughs> so just the other day, I was talking with some students and we were talking about growing food because they have this project that I'm doing with them where they're growing food like scientists would grow it. They're not just watering a plant and then say, does it grow? They're actually measuring it every day, taking daily notes about where it's at, the temperature, the room it's in, how much water. And as we're doing this, I'll start talking to them about, do you think we can grow food in space? And I tell them, well, I'm doing some research on how to grow food on Mars. And then we'll start talking about growing food on Mars. Is it possible? And then before you know it, the conversation just goes straight into some space topic. My colleague Ali Tadion wrote about Toby Thomas for EdSource. Hi, Ali. Hi, Zadie. So, Ali, tell me how you first heard about um, Toby Thomas. I first heard about Mr. Thomas from a school board meeting where they were discussing uh, sort of giving a progress report for the Vista Virtual Academy at West Contra Costa Unified. That's the district's fully online school. 
What made you think that Toby would be a good person to profile? Well, he uh, seemed to be pretty popular in the presentation and even one of the school board members, uh, Mr. Phillips, whose daughter attends the school, in his comments after the presentation, he said that she really loved her teacher, the astronaut, and that she was excited to learn from him. And that, that perked my ears just hearing that uh, an astronaut is, is teaching a class at a virtual academy in, right here in West Contra Costa. And so where is Toby now in the process of reaching this dream to become an astronaut? Well, I mean, I think uh, as one could predict, it's not easy to become an astronaut. There's a lot of steps you have to take. He said he couldn't share everything because it seems like some things are still in the works. Um, But he's done a lot of the trainings that are required to go into space. And he said he's in talks with folks both, you know, in in private and public sectors to joining a crew and and going up into space. And, uh, you know, you can just tell from talking to him, there's no no doubt in his mind that he's going to get there. In a sense, he's going to bring his students with him. I've done an analog astronaut mission, which just means that you take a few people, you put them in a, a location for X amount of days, and they simulate what type of roles that they would do in space. And different scientists and people study you to see how your body reacts to it, your fatigue, your ability to respond to adversity. So I've done that. I'm also what they call right now an IAS scientist astronaut candidate. So that means I did a training with different states of gravity, you know, positive gravity, negative gravity. I specifically pursued virtual teaching to be able to free me up physically to be able to do things that I normally wouldn't be able to do if I was tied down to having to come in person every day. And for example, I was in Kenya all last week installing solar panels for this remote village and going to the space conference out there. And it took the education to the next level because I am I can share this with my students. Like, hey, guys, I'm out here at the space conference. This is me actually here. Look at what I'm looking at. You know, stuff like that. Despite not being in the same room as his students, Toby prioritizes hands-on learning. I think it's important to go beyond a textbook and a science class because it shows the students that you actually are invested in what you're talking about. You're not just reading some lesson just skimming over and it's like, okay, just complete these answers, answer one through three, and I'm just marking you yes or no. Because if I'm just relying on the textbook material and asking questions through that to try to draw them inspiration, not every one of my students are going to enjoy chemistry. Not every one of my students are going to enjoy whatever topic I'm teaching. I can always connect anything to science. If a student likes to draw, I'm like, you know, like a lot of scientists, drawing is an important skill because imagine being out in the field and you don't have a your your phone battery is drained or your camera battery is gone and you really need to uh, take notes on this. Your ability to draw is something that science is really, really cherished. So that inspires some students and other ones. You like to cook. Wow, that's so much chemistry. Did you know that the fire, the catalyst and I started, you know, just introducing little vocabulary words that we use in chemistry or other stuff connected back to cooking and let them know you're are an amazing chemist. You just don't know it. You're using different vocabulary, but you're still doing the same process of mixing elements together and, you know, stuff like that. So, Ali, did you get the sense that Toby is a good teacher? Oh, yeah. He's super passionate about what he does. You know, you could really hear it in his voice. He 
combines his two passions, which is space science um, and, you know, his his dream of, of going into space and also teaching. And I really got the sense that he's taking his students with him on this journey. Um, and he has really seen the interest in learning in them soar because of that. Can you give me some examples of how Toby integrates his love of space into his teaching? Yeah, well, he had his students launch a weather balloon, um, and he had to deal with some of the factors that NASA might deal with when they uh, launch a spacecraft into space. Some students that don't even like anything that has to do with mechanics or anything of that nature, they were just like, what? How are we going to do this? And um, so as we did that project, all the students were excited at the possibility when I told them when the balloon pops, we don't know where it could land. It could land in somebody's backyard. And the conversation about how we're going to retrieve it from somebody by knocking on their door, like, hey, uh, my spaceship landed in your back. You know, certain goofy things like that would draw the students in. And then they start to get curious about different things in that nature. We had to do a few launches and the students really got to see like, Science is not perfect. Our first launch, practice launch before we had this big launch ceremony, I didn't put enough helium in it. My calculations were all the way off. My students were all excited. It went all the way to Utah. And the tracking system was still working. And then all of a sudden, the local news station in Utah found out about it. And then we got featured on the news in Utah. So they did this whole search party. like. It landed in the grand staircase between Arizona and Utah. So that was our first mistake. But then when we actually got it right, it landed in somebody's backyard in California. After we did that experiment, the lesson is over. Grades have been given. But yet, when I told them like, okay, the weather balloon landed in somebody's backyard somewhere and I had to go there and knock on a door and I'm talking to them about the adventure of knocking on a door and then they start to talk about whoa what if it landed and broke somebody's roof and now we have to talk about well we did safeguards for that because it has a parachute and is dropping at this rate and that's why it was so important for us to know the weight of our spaceship and why they have FAA regulations on how heavy an item can be. And that, you know, we can start to tie it in together like that. And they, they start talking about all type of stuff and like, Oh, what if we had launched this? And what if we, and once I start hearing all these, what if, what if questions, and then now they're still talking about science, still focused and they're talking faster and they're talking with each other, like going back and forth without me interjecting to guide the conversation. I'm like, okay, I've turned it to Miss Frizzle. This is the magic school bus. They are excited about what they're learning. Job done. <laughs> I wonder if uh, all this balloon talk uh, that that Biden's dealing with. I wonder if those are just uh, wayward weather balloons from uh, <laughs> from science classes, right? You know what? It's so interesting. You said that an article just came out saying that the balloon that the USS Forces shot down over Canada and stuff. There's a high likelihood that it's a um, amateur <laughs> balloon that has been circling the earth and went off. But anyway, it's just really funny that you say that. Ali, did Toby's students know about his pursuit of the astronaut job? Oh, yeah. He's been keeping his students in the loop the whole time. He'll even go to like conferences and do trainings and either take photos and share it with them or, or live stream it. And he talks to them about everything. 
it's exciting for them and see the joy that they have. It excites me even more. Like, for example, I'm in talks with Arizona State University to start to come on board to start doing some different research with them at PhD program level that has to do with growing food on Mars. And so uh, I keep the students up to date with the whatever articles I have or whatever information that's shared with me. I share with them almost immediately. I'm like a open book with the students I work with. Just say, hey, look, I'm still chasing my dreams and I'm actually getting closer to it. So chase your dreams. So I, I, I do share with them. I share with them all the time. Some of the reactions, like they think that I'm not telling the truth. <laughs> They're like, what? Really? You can do that? I didn't know, like, you know, it's stuff like that. And I think the biggest evidence that I showed them is one of the trainings I did where we were doing spacesuit testing to how to move in a spacesuit, the dynamics, the uh, biophysical needs that you have in a spacesuit, the limited restriction. I shared the video with them of me actually going through that training to understand how that works. And they're like, is that you, Mr. Thomas? Really? And I, you know, the visor's up so they can see my face in this space. And it's just disbelief for them. That's the main thing that is disbelief. And after disbelief is then followed by how do I get involved? You know, some of my students now, they want to be astronauts and they want to go into the field because they see it's possible. And they are talking to somebody that's actually going down that path. So what's that like to see? I mean, it, does it does it give you some hope seeing the inspiration in your students? Is that something that maybe you wanted when you were a student? It does give me hope when I look at some of these students. And I think that during the academic course that students in, they find all these barriers or barriers are presented to them that just disillusion them with their dreams and make them feel like, I don't like school. I don't like math. I don't like all these topics. And when I'm talking to them about these things and they're seeing what I'm doing. It's like they become blind to their obstacles and all they're talking about is doing this thing now and they're not paying attention to the roadblocks that they may face. I just start hearing the one, a student saying, okay, what do I need to start doing to go to space? And I hear more, I can, I can, as opposed to, well, I don't have the money. And it's interesting that not one student has mentioned money to me, except for asking me, how much does it cost to go to space? <laughs> But then when I see them get inspired, it's like, oh, I couldn't find this thing. Do you know where I can find it? It, it turns into more of a, I really want to get the answer as opposed to these roadblocks are holding me back. And that's what really gives me hope that people can still chase their dreams and not live other people's realities. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Education Beat, getting to the heart of California schools, a production of EdSource. You can find Ali's story at edsource.org. Our producer is Kobe McDonald. Special thanks to our guests, Toby Thomas and Ali Tadion. Our CEO is Ann Baskus. Our theme music is from Blue Dot Sessions. This episode was brought to you by the Chamberlain Education Foundation. I'm Zadie Stavely. Join me next week and subscribe so you won't miss an episode.